0: Hi, welcome to the Charlie Paparelli Show. I am Charlie Paparelli. And I have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs over the years, and they have taught me how they build great companies from scratch and how they build them into great values that really serve their markets in a very positive way. Um, Today, I have a very special guest and my friend, Bird Blitch. But if you want, just for a second, but if you, want to sub, if you don't want to miss one of these episodes, I ask you to subscribe at paprelly.com. Simply submit your email address, and not only will you be alerted to when we have one of these great interviews with one of these great entrepreneurs like Bird, but also you'll get, as, as a bonus, you get my Tuesday blog that goes out that's a little more interpersonal It might help you as an entrepreneur. But my guest, as I said today, is Bird Blitch. Bird is the founder and CEO of PatientCo. He is now the chief innovation officer right now at Waystar Health. They are a developer of medical claims management and patient payment software. The, um, Bird has built PatientCo from scratch. I watched him do it and he did it in the payment patient payment software space which was a new space even for him and healthcare was a new space for him bird his leadership team and his investors sold to Waystar most recently for over 450 million dollars that's a, almost a half a billion dollars i first met bird at the atdc he was the tallest entrepreneur at the atdc that's the advanced <laughs> technology development center and the most likely to succeed, I think he's 6'7". It doesn't show that on the uh, in, in the screen, but you need to know that. He's a big presence. You know, when I got to know Bird better, he shared a story to me when he was running for class president at Georgia oh, Tech. Oh, goodness. And you're he said, his, I think I'm going to get this slogan right. But the slogan was, if you're not getting what you want, why not give them the bird? Okay. <laughs> If I got that wrong, I'm sure he will connect me when he correct me when he comes on. Today we'll meet one of Atlanta's most gifted second generation technology entrepreneurs. I believe he's going to bring a huge influence in the continued growth of our Atlanta tech community. I have so much faith in Bird and see the power that he has as uh, with his brains and his networking relationship wise, he's second to none. Today's topic is pursuing the dream by nailing the big problem, which we all have to do to be successful as entrepreneurs. So welcome, Bird, and thanks for sharing with me and for my entrepreneur audience.
1: Man, uh, that is a great introduction. Thank you, Charlie. I have uh, known you for uh, a long time, and you've been a wonderful, a true friend and uh been along this journey ever since the beginning. That's true. And by the way, the slogan was <laughs> the slogan was <laughs> what was it? When life at tech is a blitch, give them the bird. That's, That's what it was.
0: was. When yeah. Life
1: And, and tech as you was kindly remind world. me, I I think I think you're like, Bird, what's the outcome? I said I lost the election. Uh, <laughs> it it could have been it could have been because of marketing. So yeah.
0: <laughs> But I'm sure that by just running like that, you didn't lose your brand. You're probably pretty, pretty famous. I don't know about that. I don't
1: know about that.
0: Oh, I know about that. I'm sure that that's true. Do you remember where we met?
1: Well, um, uh, it it was it. You know, I remember uh, the journey. Certainly, the journey was in uh, grace at work. Um, which was a Bible study in the ATDC. I believe it was Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. And, (laughs) uh, you know, I think I always got in there about (laughs) (laughs) 7.05. But I don't exactly remember where we met.
0: You know, it's funny when you talk about that grace at work, I think about some of the entrepreneurs that are there that have done quite well, you being one of them. And, uh, what was really interesting is that I pull the stories that stick with me are those poor stories like you running for class president, you know, or stories like a, another friend of mine, Wells Burke, whom you know, who's doing quite yeah. well also building a services company now, had a couple of exits. But Wells, uh, I remember him coming in late all of a sudden, I'm like, what's up? And he goes, oh, well, I got a dog, you know, and the dog yeah. has to be walked in the morning. I just didn't remember these stories. Life. It's funny. It's not the business stories, but the personal stories.
1: That group, though, I mean, you look back at that, that was kind of a who's who in technology right now. And I don't think uh you were you were kind of nurturing babies at the time yourself.
0: Yeah, I didn't know, you know, Kyle we had Sig was in in that. there. We
1: had SIG in there. Now, you know, that was also uh Sig was no Sig was the opposite. He was the grandfather.
0: Yeah, I remember when we were starting that or oh, when I was proposing to start that study, I still remember meeting, uh, asking Sig Mosley to meet with me because I wasn't sure if he would come. And uh, we met at the Barnes and Noble on 41 in the little coffee shop there. And I, uh, I asked him, I said, I'm going to start this Bible study. And I'm telling you, Sig, if you show up, everybody will show up. <laughs> and he said, without a second's hesitation, oh, yeah, I'll go. And that and it and made a big did. difference.
1: He was there every week.
0: You know, it is funny, uh, there's a fellow named Matt Stevens, whom you probably know too, who was the president of Tech Ministries and now
1: just had another.
0: He had a successful exit just recently. He made a comment. He said that people go to the things that we go to because of the people that are at the things we go to. (laughs) You know, in other words, that's what we look for. We're looking for that sense of community. So that was a pretty cool study, the way that all worked out. I really was uh, pleased with that. Another guy that was in there was Mike Dickerson. Remember him? Yeah. Yeah. He yep. was there and he's just I'm going to be talking to him uh, later this week. Never, He's possibly. a great
1: CEO. His, uh, he, he's backed by the same um, private equity group that backed patient code. So I would see him. Our private equity group, Excel KKR, would bring us together, you know, oh, all wow. the CEOs once a year. And I'd get to see Mike and he is fast and furious. I mean, he's always working that phone <laughs> and then he'd go in. Yeah, you know, he's he's working hard as can be. That's what I, what I remember. No matter what stage of the business you get to, you're still working hard.
0: Yeah, uh, he's he's a great executor, but he's great for
1: ideas. There's no doubt about it. But let's mm-hmm.
0: get to Patient Co a little bit. You know, there's yeah. there were a lot of potential exits along the way for Patient Co. I know yeah. when I deal with entrepreneurs, you know, with these investments that I make. Once you build something that really seems to be real, the Calls start coming in, right, from the yeah. VCs or the private equity guys. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, we can take you out, you know, or we can give you some liquidity or whatever. You know, why did you decide on – how did how – did, first of all, how did you pass on all those things? How did you know that it wasn't the time?
1: Uh, so, again, you know, for for the listeners here, this is not like, uh, um, you know – Um, Charlie did not submit a list of questions and say, here's where I'm going to go down. So I don't have these answers kind of pre-thought through. But, you know, if I sit here today and I I look back on some of that, um, I'd first say that those are really tough decisions to pass up Mm -hmm. someone um, when they are interested in in buying the business. Uh, You know, I I got I got to probably say there's a there's a little bit of uh, or a lot of God in that that helps you know, gives you the right um, intuition on the journey and the path, because it's not always going to be um, It's, it's the obvious answer is never there. Right. And, you know, one thing David Cummings said one time was decisions get easy if you know they're reversible. So if you can make a decision that's reversible, then, you know, don't worry about you know right. making a fast decision. It's a great. Insight, and on many yes. of these things, once I got through them a little bit, I said, you know, if this company is really interested in us, then I can say no and keep our heads down and, mm-hmm. and keep growing. Um, and then, and then at some point I could call them back. But the truth was um, Ken Manning, who is a, a longtime board member and then eventual chair. And and for those of people who don't know Ken Manning in town, he is a, um, we could talk about him for an hour. He is a incredible entrepreneur. And like you, a, an incredible supporter of entrepreneurs and a yeah. you know, patient co is just lucky to have him intersect with our path and our journey. But he kept saying, Bird, just uh, you, you don't answer that phone. And you tell him your head's down, focused on growing the business. And um, because that's the right answer until until it's not. And every day the market, this was a big market, we had really good talent in the business. Um, and you know, of course you're finding your own way as a business to, to find the right product market fit with the right management team, the right type of customers at the right time. And once you, once you hit that, man, there's a, there's a, there's a window of opportunity. You just want to keep rowing as fast as possible well, because about, that's, a what about, you make.
0: know, you talk about Ken man, and you talk about you and you gaining peace with, you know, God giving you some sort of a sense of peace about whatever people were offering, you know, along the way. What about your investors? You know, how did the investors, because you've got you how much yeah. money did you raise?
1: Well, um, so we kind of bootstrapped it to a million, and then from there we raised uh three, three and a half from okay. three and a half million from in a series A round from um Sandbox Industries, which works in conjunction with the Blue Cross Blue Shield Venture Fund. But and you, they're out You
0: project. actually skipped right over Angel Investing.
1: Yeah. You yeah, went right did. to
0: a series A. That was cool.
1: well. I, so, so to back up from that, I had a real strong belief that if the customer, you know, there's three rules. One, are you solving a problem? Um, and kind of, you know, and if you're solving a problem, you want to make sure, you know, great software uh, delivers value. So, how do you know you deliver that value? With well, number two, people are going to write you a check, and then number three, um, you want that check to be in such a way that 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 whatever they write you the amount for, it, you can reinvest in your growth. And of course, you know we had low overhead. I mean, we were basically paying give nothing. Give me those for three
0: it. again. You went past them so quick, but they're so valuable. Are you solving so, a real problem?
1: Solving a real problem. Yeah. Can you actually? I mean, there's tons of problems. I tell every I tell people all the all the time. Say they, they're trying to in search of an idea. I go. You've got to be in search of a problem. There you go. Right?
0: Go around with I your. Agree. Black 100% book. in that. Okay. Go
1: around with your black book and just write down every problem. You could be driving to work and say, My brakes squeak. That's a problem. Write it down because <laughs> it can lead to something else. Yeah. There's tons of things that are problems every single day, and they bypass us because we aren't in the moment focused on identifying that problem. That's number one. Then, number two is the opportunity to take that problem. And will someone pay you money to solve that problem? Right? Will people pay you money to solve that problem? Now, most people forget the third, and it's the first and the well, second, dig but really the third. Deeper.
0: Before you get to the third, dig a little dick deeper on that. Pay you the money? I mean, because there are a lot of problems, and there's a well, lot of problems that we seem to deal with in life that we went not we just live with them. We don't pay people to solve the problem because it's not, yeah. it's not that big a deal.
1: Yeah. But, so, I would say at Patient Code, just to put context to that, yeah. we did not build our first product until someone wrote us a check before we laid one line of code into the MVP.
0: Come on. How did you no. do that? How did you do that? <laughs> really?
1: No, I mean, I mean you're you, like,
0: it's you and a developer, and you're saying, like, yeah, you got to well, pay us up front.
1: And let me go back to one other thing on the introduction. I had a wonderful co founder. In this business, his name's Joshua Silver, and he was a junior in college at Georgia Tech. And we would so my first company was a company called Broadsource, and we're going to get and, to that. And and I, I I I co-founded that with Andy Monin, who then went on and then it was a huge success. But um, in that in that phase, I was uh, running eventually business development. And we had a partner, and he said, "You know, I've got this uh, neighbor next door, and his child is at Georgia Tech. His son, there's her son, is at Georgia Tech. Y'all, you all just have to meet." And so I went and met with Joshua. Go That's ahead. That's
0: how you met him through the neighbor, at, at,
1: through through his mother's neighbor, and he knew that. And I say child, he knew the kid was at Georgia Tech and I'm a Georgia Tech graduate and I was 25 or 26 or maybe a little bit older. Yeah, maybe I was more like 30 at the time. But I I, I you know, he said, you guys have to meet. So we went to lunch and Joshua said, man, my friends, my best friends in the world from high school are killing it over at, in Athens at the University of Georgia. And I said, now he he does not. He disagrees with this version of the story, but <laughs> hey, I, I said, what were they, what are they doing? He goes, they are selling t-shirts over there, custom made t-shirts and selling them like hotcakes. <laughs> and he goes, I, I think, I, I think I can make a lot of money doing that. And I was like, now hold on a second. On You're at Georgia tech, right? You're a presidential scholar in the college, uh, college of computing. Um, let's let's back into that because, let me tell you where, and I started to explain to him my journey, my story, and and, and there's a long story that gets to healthcare. And then even how we got to that first. So, test.
0: your first job was to give him a bigger vision.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he would agree with that, but we do laugh at that story. There is a lot of the version of what I told is the truth. I've never backed off of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, you know, one of the things I was going to get into that too, and we got to jump back into patient go in a minute, but It is really, uh, I'm seeing more and more of this, that it's it's not the technology guys that are, they're sort of idea guys, all right? And some of them are problem facing. In other words, like you said, I need to write down the problems. I need to solve a problem. I don't need to come up with an idea that's in search of a market. I need to find a market that has a problem. And the technology guys don't have the, they're not equipped for that. You, on the other hand, I see a lot of people like you that are more business people that are out in the markets, okay, but don't have the technical skills to build a product. There's more of those people around, and they see the problems, and then they get stuck. They can't yeah. find the guy. They can't find, well, you know, their Joshua Silver, who's their partner yeah. to make that, uh, to solve the problem, you know, with software.
1: Yeah. And it's this viewpoint, there's this magical guy out there or girl that can can write code, um, and 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 that the leader can take. I, I do think um, that's a tough one to unpack. But I think there's, I think a good idea, and and um, good people will attract, will attract good other good people. And there are ways in Atlanta, especially, is so enriched with people like you that 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 generously open up their um, network and. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people tell me, Charlie, I'm good at networking. Okay, you kind of even open up with that as a reference. Let me tell you a secret. I really don't like it. Mm -hmm. Okay, I really would rather just be working in my office, reading a white paper or um, or maybe having a one on one with someone asking them a lot of questions. One thing I've learned from you is you're great at asking people questions, even to the point they may be a little uncomfortable. You can come up and touch the edge Right. Of uncomfortableness. And, and you but, you know, not to go through it. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing for entrepreneurs to take away because you're trying to get this kernel of of truth out. So that uh, and expose a problem with a potential solution and someone who would pay money for that solution to David. Uh, what you've
0: done, though, when you d- talked about attracting Joshua, I mean, you said I don't really network, but you are. Let, let's put it a different way is you're a friendly guy. You, you do know your next-door neighbor, you see? There's a lot of people who don't know their next-door neighbor ever, all right? But you talk to everybody. You know, you enjoy people. And this is interesting that you say, well, where's the best way to get my co-founder, which is really hard. I have investors that go to a guy like you, Bird, that's an entrepreneur, found a real problem and says, you need to find yourself a technology co-founder and will invest in the business. Well now it's a rush to marriage.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Now you yeah. find a wife, and once you find a wife in the next ten days, we'll invest in that in that family. And you go like, find a wife in ten days that I gotta be married to for how long?
1: <laughs> you know. Well, I do think it's about relationships. And yeah. um, you know, maybe that comes down to the networking piece. Again, I don't like networking because they're kind of these short um <laughs> You know, hey, how are you? Great. And then you're you envision you're at a cocktail party, you're just circulating around the room. And so you don't get to spend any time with one person in the moment really but understanding. I think networking gets a bad come. rap.
0: You know, networking well, isn't see, that's what people think networking is. Yeah. But what I see networking as, and I was talking to another uh I can't remember his name, VC there at ATDC, and he didn't even realize this. But what he did is he joined organizations and volunteered his time in those organizations. It could be a simple thing like we had, which was a Grace at Work group. And Uh, that's where you build relationship as opposed to shake a hand, give a card, which is not networking, not in my book.
1: I believe this. You have to give to get. There you go. Right. You got to give to get. You can only do that if you take the time to build a relationship. It doesn't mean that it transcends time and, you know, they're going to be, you know, front row when you get married at your wedding or something like that. But it does mean that you take the time to help deliver something of need or value to them and you might hope in return that you get something back. Now, how does that work for me? You know, I'll probably die of an early age or have many pacemakers because I've got uh, I ate a lot of breakfast. Okay, I I took a lot of people, to a lot of eggs and cheese. And these arteries are going to get clogged at some OK cafe. You know, there ought to be some sort of a a painting back there where they just they have me hanging because I did take a lot of people to breakfast. And what you do there is here's the key. When you get to the end of the breakfast. Most of the times those things turn out to be a little bit of a dead end. Maybe one out of a four you get, oh, wow, there's a really hope for something more. But mm-hmm. The other two or three that are a dead end, that's okay. Just say, do you have anybody else that you could introduce me to that might be interested in this problem that I'm solving for? Now that's great because you've given to someone now they can go back and take their network and make an introduction and it's, It's kind of like a pyramid scheme, but it keeps going, see? And before you know it, you're starting to collect more and more data. And I'm a big believer, if you collect enough data, the data will always, almost always kind of point you in the right direction. You'll see pattern recognition. And you got to trust the data, but you got to get the data out on the table. Hmm. And that takes time, and the time is exposed through your network, however you do it.
0: It's interesting you say that one of the things I, I, I was uh, I'm an investor in that Tech Square ventures with Blake yeah right? and he Blake, had an investor yeah. and he had an investor meeting where or LP meeting I guess it would be called.
1: I, I've been hearing about that around town I hear it went really well like there were lots of learnings coming out of that.
0: It was it was great. He put up the he put up these entrepreneurs right that he had invested in. They're all great great men and women they did a phenomenal job in presenting and they kept it short to the point you know meaningful. They weren't pitching for money. They were just pitching for give information about where they are in their companies, their progress. Mm -hmm. They ended every pitch, every pitch with, here's how you can help us. (laughs) Yeah. And they had a list of the kind of people they were looking for or companies they were looking for for connections. And I was so impressed by that simple ask that you're saying you did at the end of a breakfast. You know, because that's what I call intentional networking. I get with yep. each question and each person I meet, I get closer and closer to the exact right people that I need to be successful with.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, and, and then you have to use discernment and um, and and use your best intuition as to how to get close to that right person. But it is you're in pursuit of knowledge. And you're in pursuit of good knowledge too, right? There's two types of knowledge, there's two types of advice. So you gotta you gotta trust your own intuition, and and follow your gut on some of those things. But you gotta get to the kernel of truth, and and then once you crack that open, it's very revealing. And um and then you're yeah, you empowered. gotta know the I other mean, thing you are, fired that up. you are ready to go because you know you really are passionate. And that's what I love about entrepreneurs is once they get there, they have the conviction right? That they can go climb the mountain and solve for this problem. And who doesn't want to get behind that, especially other look entrepreneurs? Look you've done.
0: A lot of people do networking and it's sort of like, well, you know, I'm a really good guy and I know business and I'm pretty good in technology. Help me out. It's so vague that you sit there and go, look, I tell people, I don't want to think that hard that I have to figure out how to help you. You came to those breakfasts knowing exactly. what you were looking for. You were very, very focused. And once you nice. had that conversation with them, that ask when it finally came, you got a really good answer. You either got a no, which says, great, this guy really can help, or a yes, which moves you closer
1: to something. And by the way, yeah. no's are a great answer. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>? they are. <laughs> they are a great answer because in the world of entrepreneurship, We are focused. uh, Time is our worst enemy, and Hmm. um, you know I would say time is
0: your constant enemy.
1: It's all and in every aspect of life. Right, right. (laughs) it's the one thing you can't stop. And um, and markets change, so you got to get after it to get in in, and insert yourself in the market to at least be in the game. Right. Okay. Because whatever you come up with is going to It's going to change, but if you're in the game, you can start. Continuing to ask these questions to your customers. That's the biggest difference. Who are paying you money? And because they're paying money, they're going to give you their opinion. And sometimes it's good and bad. The best, sometimes the, the best opinions are the ones that are bad. You learn so much from that. But just back to your point a second ago, you know, the worst answer is, is this, right? Uh, well, I don't know. Let me think about it. Or let me get back to the because a, that's, that's the it. worst answer. You just that's said,
0: let me think about it. Or yeah. if a guy's looking for a job, let me have your resume and I'll, uh, I'll oh. give it some thought. And I'm like, that means they have no idea. You'll never hear from them again. Okay, <laughs>
1: And, and they're, they're too nice to tell you that.
0: <laughs> well, I think that the problem has to come back to us on the other side of the table saying, if I get, I need to think about it rather than a yes or a no, that means I don't get what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. So whose and fault is And people sometimes that? don't want to be seen as not getting what you're talking about, or, you know, they don't want to to say you don't get it. And, and, you know, again, life is too short. So, uh, and even, even to your comment around the job seeker, if I were to give the listeners an example of what I'm talking about, I work. If you give me an example, I start to understand really well what you're talking about sometimes. So here's an example. If, if, um, if someone comes to me and says, can you help me around this job search? Sure. I'd love to but there's 10,000 places i could go with your resume for the job search. Come to me and say, here is my background, what i'm strong at. Here is 10 companies that i've identified that i'm in hot pursuit of. Do you know anybody in these companies or in these particular departments? I see on LinkedIn you have this connection here and this one here. They've already done their homework so it makes me e- it's easy to circle you know, one, two, three, four, and prioritize that. Say, let's get after these first two first. They have the best chance of working for you. These next two will go after in two weeks. That's how you make it easy for people to do you favors.
0: That's excellent advice. Excellent advice. Now take that advice and then tell me, well, before I get to this, there's so many to ask you, well, I could do this since we're on this thread, is how did you use that in those breakfasts? How did you choose who to invite to breakfast and then, where What stage were you at with the company or the problem? You know, what were you asking for, you know, or what the information or data were you looking for in order to start building out this pattern
1: recognition you talked about? Boy, okay, so that's taking me back some years. But, uh, well, first of all. <laughs> How long ago I'll was say, it that you started patient? Well, co? you know, 2009. Woo, okay. Yeah. but, By but the way, that was there the there year
0: of the recession.
1: The oh, Great yeah. Recession, wasn't it? Which is the best time to start a business. There okay? you go. Okay. It's the <laughs> best time. Uh, we, we should answer that question later. That's a whole nother chapter. <laughs> but, um, you know, I I, I want to add that I never, now I'm going to come around to say I like networking because, because it's your one source. Like if you're networking, you're getting outside of your comfort zone and the only way you solve important problems is to go talk to people who have wonderful, rich experiences and listen. Yeah. And listen. Now, who did I, I don't know. How do you you choose the people?
0: That's the question, right? What's that? How do you choose the people you're going to meet with?
1: You know, I did have a little bit of a philosophy that made it harder on me, but I always thought the busiest people who are the hardest to, to get a hold of, were the best because they had the most experiences and they could tell me something in 30 minutes that someone else might not be able to tell me in an hour and a half. So I, I did, and, and you know what always helps you get to someone, especially if you don't know, Why did is you, you ask someone a
0: favor. Why did you think that? That's a really great statement. Well, there's some level of efficiency and, uh, you know, if sort you're, of advice, right. From people who are really busy. You know, it's funny that you came to that conclusion.
1: Well, if, you, if you're busy, let's just go back to any any, any old job at work. <clears throat> the people who sometimes are the busiest, there's two types. There's people who are uh, <laughs> who like to just be busy, and um, maybe they're busy but not getting a lot of stuff done, mm-hmm. um, so they're inefficient. But, but if you kind of see something that you're attracted to in someone and they're busy, it's probably because they do good work, and then others come to them and say, can you help me with this and help me with that before yeah. you know it? Their plate is, you know, overfloweth, And so they are busy because they're smart, hardworking, considerate, and they get problems brought to them. Yeah. Um, and, and so therefore they have more, uh, you know, if if they're in the submarine and they stick up their periscope and looking around, their 360 degree view is going to be different than others or others who only have 180 degree view. So you're getting mm-hmm. a different perspective.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So then go to, so we said that there were three things that you said they have to have, you have to identify a real problem. People have to be willing to pay you to solve the problem. And what was the third thing that you mentioned?
1: Then, and this is what often people forget. They like get the first two like, great, I got a check. They got to pay you enough to solve the problem that you can reinvest back into your business to grow it. (laughs) now, So many times we mistake that capital coming into the business and substitute it with investment dollars, which is okay if eventually you can get to a place that you can accomplish number three. Great companies don't need investment dollars. Eventually. Sometimes, you know, there are great companies like MailChimp that never had a dollar of outside investment. They, they, I mean that's an amazing, amazing one to me. Curaspan raised uh, Ken Manning's company. Now, that was in Boston, so no one knows much about that. They raise raise like a, a tiny amount of money. Now, typically, it's going to take you longer to go execute on that vision, as opposed to getting more capital and getting market share. But you still have a path at some point. You got to make money. My dad used to always say this. People forget the most important thing in business is you got to. You know, I remember asking him one time. This was probably 2008. United Airlines filed for bankruptcy. And I said, Dad, how could a big airline like that file for bankruptcy? And he goes, it's easy. They had more going out the door in checks than they had coming in. <laughs> right. And that is, and
0: you you bring up an excellent point, especially in this environment where it appears as though money is a plenty, right? You want to go raise money, it's all out there. But you do have to have a business that is actually prom- that can promise profitability, right? Because if yep. I'm profitable, I'm sustainable. But yep. to say, oh well, I have revenue coming in, I can't prove out a profitable model. I make it up with with yeah. uh, investment. Where am I when it's all said and done? I can't live on investment dollars for the. And
1: rest by of the way, you life. can still do that, and and there's lots of successful stories around that. But the investor is going, and rightly so. The investor is going to um, uh, to gain that out. I mean, you may get this high valuation, but there's going to be structure in the way that deal is crafted to make sure the downside risk of the investor is protected. And if that downside risk is protected, then the person who really is going to feel the pain of that is the entrepreneur. Eventually, right? right? Um, you know, because it's 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 a scale. You know, it's like all things have to be weighted out. Even at some point, there there is a, a day where all this comes comes you know to right. life and
0: of course with entrepreneurs there's uh there's that same lack of there's that lack of experience in a lot of cases which gives them lack of perspective right? yeah that it's hey i'm the entrepreneur i've got all the you know i had one entrepreneur make a comment and said uh i was working with the guy in fact and it was this is where i met sig and he made a comment i never forgot it this is a oh god what's this 30 years ago <laughs> he said yep. You know, a dollar's just a dollar until an investor gives it to me. And that level of arrogance, you know, really bothered me because he never understood even how to build a company or appreciated it or how to build, you know, a profitable enterprise. All right. Yeah. And so, but there's this like, oh, I'm the entrepreneur, I'm the idea and, guy, you know, I could do this. And it was disturbing. And, um, you know,
1: and that's something that really drove me is um, I, uh, you know, look, we all have to be authentic to who we are, because at some point, if you're not who you are, this is a hard enough business, then you'll run out of steam. I believe that. So, you know, there's a lot of great entrepreneurs out there who um, who are are not humble, you know, and, and who believe that they are greater than they probably are because of the success that they've had. I mean, I'll call out one that everyone puts on a pedestal, Steve Jobs. Yeah. You know, I mean, people love Steve. I admire Steve Jobs, um, but I don't respect, I guess it's hard for me to say I don't respect Steve Jobs, but I don't want to be Steve Jobs.
0: No, I see that your values and his values are very different, but that's, yeah, but that is a, he was true to, he was
1: authentic to who he was, you know, but sometimes you
0: look at it and you go like, but I wouldn't want to be in his skin.
1: No. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's a decision too, you know, that reflects, how how you want to build the business? Um, and, what does it mean and, for you
0: to when you when when was your authenticity challenged? Do you remember times in this uh, in the early or mid stages in building the company when it was like, am I am I am I? You know this is one of those where you you're afraid to ask Anna your wife because she knows you so well and tell her, hey, look, I'm thinking about doing this, and your wife says. You can't do that. That's just not who you are. You know?
1: <laughs> did you have um,
0: one of the? Did you have some of those things happen to you?
1: I think there, there's probably a lots of them. But you know, my brother gave me this this thing. I remember uh, this is not answering your question, but when I was in high school, I think we've all gone through high school as kind of weird years, and you know, you're uncomfortable with who you well, you're are. You're Figure know. out and, who you are, right? You're trying to figure out a lot of stuff. And he came and he brought me this this kind of like two by four that he had carved out. And he said, "I'm just going to put this above your door when you go out every morning." And it said, "Be yourself." And, and I was, was like, ah, God, I'm so get out of my room." You know, it's like, "Okay, who gave you this?" I I was in high school. But it who said, gave it
0: to you? Yourself. Who said, "Be yourself"? My brother,
1: my your brother. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He somehow brought that home. Now I have no idea. I, I do remember the moment a little bit. I don't remember the whole you know <laughs> scenario why, why he did that. Um, I need to ask him probably but
0: Well why did it, it bother? Not, why do you go like, "Oh god, you know, especially well, you know, putting it over like, the want- door. That's about eye level for you, okay?"
1: That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in high school, you don't want anybody telling you what what to do, right? You're like, "My parents are, you know, odd people. I just want to be a, as far away from them as possible." <laughs> um and and yet you know so little. It's a lot like entrepreneurship sometimes. You think you know so much. And the thing about uh entrepreneurship, which is similar to being an adolescent, if you're honest about it, is you get humbled a thousand different ways. Yeah, And I mean, that's, I mean, gosh, how many times do you continue to fail along the the, the journey there? Um, and it's like, uh, you know, our CEO uh, at Waystar, he, he is a great guy. I hope you get to meet him. Um, and his name is Matt Hawkins. And he just sent out an email to um, a, a, a group, a leadership group last night around Derek Jeter that he read an article around, you know, Derek Jeter. And he was just saying, you know, the, the, um, two things I took away from that is, you know, you always got to pe- find a way to keep pushing forward. I'll send this to you. It's, okay. it's, it's just about, um, it's about, you know, a letter that Derek Gia wrote to his younger self after he retired. Hmm. Okay. And, um, I, and I read it and it, it just said, you got to find a way to keep pushing forward, never quit. That was one. Um, And, uh, you know, I think the other one is the memories, right, the journey um, along the way are what counts, not always the end result. He goes, hey, i never forget World Series number one and number two and number three and number four and how many ever he had. But he talks about the journey along the way. And, you know, a lot of the hard times are what he actually remembers most.
0: Yeah, the thing, it is interesting. I can agree with that. You know, here I am at 68 now is it's really not the achievements that really are the memories it's the it's the the walking together you know on the way to those things it's having those common goals that you're trying to achieve you know that's where the richness of life is it's not in you know getting to the top of the mountain it's the it's and you're a mountain climber you know, it's yeah. the uh, or hiker. Yeah. You know, it's it's really the walk to get there. Once you get to the top, it's like okay, we're here. You know, it's really pretty, and then you're walking down again, right?
1: You take a picture, I guess. Yeah. And um, but you can only stay at the top for like ten seconds because they got to get you off the mountain, right? And so you're always remembering all the the different views and and stops along the way. Up, uh, I think that's a. But good, how do
0: you remember uh, that in the midst of the battle that this is where the richness is?
1: Well, I think I mean, um, that's
0: a very philosophical look back comment. Sure. But, you know, sure when you is. sit there and you go, bird, you know, you were sitting here, you thought you had the problem solved. And the customer said, look, I paid you. This isn't what I paid you for.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there isn't a lot I'm of richness renew, in that moment. And, and I'm not going to renew. And you I, look, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many, you know, every time you get here, I've learned. Okay, you're like, boy, we're right here. I'll, I'll come home and tell Anna. I'll say, well, I know tomorrow is going to be a, a crappy day because just as soon as you get here, you're going to be brought right back to reality. Here, it could be someone you're recruiting decides not to join. It could be someone that was on your team surprisingly leaves you. That is a that is a heartbreaker sometimes, That's especially devastating, when you, yeah, that is devastating. It could be a customer um, says something um, bad to a prospect. It could be a key prospect chooses your rival, mm. right? And you know they made a bad decision. It could be that you um, said something incorrectly in a board meeting to one of your investors. Yeah, You, know, you didn't answer the question the right way. It could be um, you made a wrong decision. It could be you're in front of the company and you didn't um, share something or you shared something in the wrong way or you said something in the wrong way i mean that's that's one of the harder things also people will hang on a, a, a founder or ceo's words you know every you have to be yeah. you have to be yourself and yet I you can, found that
0: to be terribly unfair okay yeah. that you said something and somebody takes it out of context or they take it very personally which you didn't mean it to be that way and there's just no way of getting out of it just no way. It's just like, I heard him. He said that, you know, it's I like, know. oh, come on. And the bigger on. the company. I said a lot of things, you know, let's let's kind of bring it. It's, let's, let's look at the data pattern. Let's not just look at one set of
1: data, you know. Yeah. Or I tell you what used to kill me is a bad review on Glassdoor. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, because that's going to be out there for the whole world to see. And it doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah, um, I didn't
0: have to live in that kind of uh, social environment that you guys had to grow up in. It's just incredible. Well, yeah. but I had a question though. A lot of what we're talking about, all those circumstances that you talked about, these, these bad things that can happen. And, right, and can I interrupt you, you one back, second
1: uh, before you go there? Like yeah. you stack them up. They're not fun either. People look at entrepreneurship. Now everyone's going to hang up after this video and say, well, I, I don't want to start a company, but you know, it's not fun. You're, you're battling, right? And every year at Patient Co., it get to be like, you know, Christmas let's say, Anna next year is gonna be a lot better. I'm gonna we're gonna hit this plateau and um, I feel like I'm gonna be a, a more present and I'll spend less time, you know, on the business all the time. And you know, we get to like April, she used to be like, Well, I thought you said <laughs> I thought <laughs> you said this is gonna be an easier year. And I look back, I'd say, Well, this is a hard year, but thank God. This year isn't last year. Last year, I can't believe we made it through. And so one of my biggest lessons is people talk about this great growth. I think so many times it's about surviving to get to the next phase, surviving to to get to the next phase. Just like look at every team that wins the NCAA uh, basketball tournament. There are plays in each game that they survived, dove to find a loose ball, and it turned into a layup, they won by two points. But no one ever sees that. Right. They see the three pointer with 30 seconds left that won the game. And there's all these things. if you, you you watch the tape that enabled success to hit the next customer and hit product market fit. And those are just battling out days, but they make you tougher and then you get stronger and then you build more confidence like and then you have conviction. I like
0: conviction. I like you have
1: conviction. And I suddenly you you are. um you, you got to stay humble or else you'll, you'll get humbled but 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 you, but what you really supposed believe that what we're building as a team is something special
0: but you said survive
1: and advance
0: to get to the next stage right yep the um i was watching it's funny the way you bring this up one of the things that hit me is there was this guy that was getting operated on and he died on the operating table and it was one of those you know what did i see you know, this afterlife kind of a thing, which I I don't know that I believe or not. But he did say some things that were interesting to me that I think is, is appropriate here. He said he was in a field and there was this person next to him. He didn't know who it was. Of course, as Christians, I would say, well, that was Jesus that was standing next to him. But he said, I'm in this field and I was able to look as far left as I wanted to, or as far right as I wanted to, but I wasn't able to look very far forward because it was cloudy. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. he said, but I wasn't allowed to turn around and look back. Yeah. You know, and I said, and what you're saying is interesting. We, We sort of sit here and say the very long-term vision doesn't really keep you. You have to be focused on what you have now so, as you said, I can advance, okay?
1: Yeah, let me um, just tell you one of my favorite quotes, and I'm looking it up just to read it correctly. Yeah. At at sunrise, everything is luminous but not clear. Yeah. Now, that's by Norman McLean, and a river runs through it. Um, a, a great movie about fly fishing. And, and if you, if you ever read the book, he, it's a short story, but he is an incredible writer. Yeah. Um, a fly fishing story in Montana, but at sunrise, everything's luminous by clear. So I just like what you're saying. Like, and you got to have this. Here's an enormous thing as an entrepreneur. You got to provide this vision that people can get a hold of. And I did have a vision, but it is the hardest thing to do in the world because you want it to be clear. Not luminous, right? You want it to be clear. Yeah. And, and yet, as You're interesting, talking about the vision. Talking about the vision. Yeah.
0: Not only clear, but it has to be meaningful
1: to and me. Inspiring. Right? I mean, and you're communicating you that it to, to me, build. and I
0: go, what do I care?
1: <laughs> yeah. And then you got to go to your company and build goals out of that, right? And out of this vision, and then create a KPI maybe around that, and you build out, you know, yeah. yearly goals, and then out of that, that comes down to all sorts of things. But, um, Goal building is important, too. I, I do think, look, These we survived and you know, advanced, we did Let's hit go our back goals. back to the
0: vision. Meaningful yeah. vision seems to have is focused on the problem, as I think back on visions. Like, what was your vision for Patient Co.
1: Well, um, it, it was, it was kind of simple. I mean, if you go back to 2009, now this is taking us back a little ways. Yeah. 2008, Obama was running for president, and he was— He was a big promoter of the EMR or the electronic medical record, which was, hey, if if I go into the doctor on a Tuesday and they stick me and get check, check, um, you know, um, take a blood sample and that gets recorded and I go home and then I get a little more sick and go back into the hospital on a Friday. Why should they stick me again for that same blood sample? It was just recorded. Yeah. And that's that's cost that goes into the system that drives up healthcare costs for everybody because we're doing redundant testing procedures that we shouldn't do. If we had them all recorded in a database that was centralized and shared, that medical record, which is now electronic, not paper, it's hard to think about it back in that day, it's electronic, then all the doctors can start to collaborate together mm-hmm. and get the patient better faster. And what I realized was, um, you know, the story I love to tell was, you know, going along the path, we were pretty much newlyweds, Anna was pregnant. We had nine months to prepare for the birth of a baby and do all the, all the clinical prepared uh, type things you do by like going to see the doctor. And you know, there's a thousand different things they tell you to do, eat this and do that. Yeah. And so we were very focused on that. But the financial aspect of that Jersey journey was very confusing, especially when we left the hospital, we got home and all these bills started coming and I had no idea what all they were for. I mean, our, our child, Eleanor, she got this uh, doctor for an ear check to check her hearing. But that doctor actually billed out of somewhere in the Northeast. So there was out of pocket. And my insurance covered that differently. And trying to investigate and understand that was very confusing. So I felt like the vision was: the vision was, why can't we have a centralized financial record, right? Where we all can work off and all see the same thing. And that turned into, you know, more of a, of a mission for us that we believe that health systems deserve better than the status quo. We build financial engagement technology that inspires trust between providers and their patients.
0: So in other words, is you, you really make uh, the whole healthcare delivery and billing understandable to patients in and, so that they pay sooner, right? I mean, that was a big part of it. Well, too. that
1: was the first thing, like, my yeah. gosh. There's so many dollars that go uncollected, and why? There are some people that can't pay. Okay, we'll solve for that later, which we did because there's an affordability crisis in America around healthcare. But so many people can pay and don't because they don't they don't understand it. They're confused. They don't trust. You know, there's a, there's a point in everyone's healthcare journey, where they might say no because they just don't. They throw their arms up. And I looked to Anna, and this is where I give her a lot of credit. I said, I know, I know, we have a newborn. We have car payments, and we got a mortgage. But give me a year because we're not the only people that are faced with this problem. And based on my past experience at uh, at Broadsource, right? I'm still drinking from that coffee mug. See that? <laughs> yeah, that's Never an old the Never forget the
0: first one. Great.
1: <laughs> based off that, I understood a lot about billing and payments. Right, Broadsource was based on billing and payments in the telecom industry. Nine out of sixteen times. You receive a bill back then and it was incorrect, right? And so that's and this has a big been the problem. Long days, well, the only right? problem that's worse yeah. than a telecom bill is a healthcare bill.
0: Well, why did you, when you looked at this healthcare, like when you experienced this healthcare issue, I love what you're saying is walk around with a black book you're telling the entrepreneurs and write down all of the problems that you see, including squeaky brakes. Great example. So here you are firsthand. Seeing all these bills come in from the delivery of Eleanor and you're saying, I don't know what to pay or not pay. I mean, I don't even understand where all these are coming from. Healthcare and that billing cycle, all that stuff is so complex. Yeah. What gave you the nerve to think- that you could even put a dent in it or solve it in any way. Why didn't you look at it and go like, "Oh my God, this is such a mess. I can't go there." And you went on and and just put it in your little black book, but then moved on to the next problem. Why did you, Why did this grab you and say, "Anna, I need a year."
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's two there, there's two things to unpack there. One, yeah, maybe it goes back to you know that saying, "Be yourself." Okay, I believed in myself. Now that didn't mean that, but I believed in myself. Now, what what did I believe in? I think I believed that if I failed, you know, there was this world, thanks to people like you and a support network that that I had, um, where I'm gonna I'm gonna call this. Un, I felt like I had some unconditional love. Okay. That if I failed, I wasn't going to end up on in the gutter on, on the side of the streets.
0: You would still okay? have value in other
1: words, right? i, I you know, mm-hmm. I could go get a job. I would not, you know, look, no one likes to fail, but I felt like, uh, I felt like I didn't know how successful I could be, but I felt like I could make sure I didn't fail. That's what I believed in.
0: So if that's a big one, he said, if I could put failure aside, then there should be no reason for me to more, move forward. The second one that I would ask though, is, I do have a wife and a child and a house and car payments, okay? So there's that other piece that says, you know, if I fail, I've got to take care of my family. So there are financial considerations here that are, in fact, real.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there are real financial considerations. And, um, you know, I had How do you get
0: past uh, that?
1: Well, so- uh, You put a uh, year on
0: it. I mean, what was that? You you had uh, banked a year of-
1: yeah, you no, know, I'd, I'd saved up. Look, i I'd, I'd been in uh, my first company was Broadsource. Yeah, and it was backed by Nora Mosley and Harvard Ventures, um, and it wasn't. I, I would I would call that um, just good enough of a success where they didn't come in and shut it down. Like we 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 were growing, um, but never going to be you know a great exit. And uh, I think if anything. You know, those were tough times too. We we had to go through the year two thousand eight, which was just a brutal, you know, year—the year, the, year the, the Great Recession. Um, and um, but I was able to come out of there with just a little bit of, of of pocket money to be able to take most of that and put that into Paychexco.
0: But really, what that amounted to was putting it into your family.
1: Oh, it, it did. I mean, you know, I didn't take a salary for the first year. Yeah. Um, even the second year, I think it was $36,000. And, um, you know, that was, that was tough. I mean, I remember, you know, I had a, I had a 10 year old, uh, GMC Yukon. Um, the, um, the, the housing payments were the biggest thing. Anna was teaching. So we kind of lived off her salary. Well, a teacher doesn't make much, but I did have a dual, dual income salary. So that helped big time. And, um, you know, we just didn't travel much or do anything. When we did we would go see, you know, the grandparents and, you know, you kinda of stay for free and eat for free. So it wasn't luxurious living back then. Uh Anna had an old car too. I could barely fit into it. And but, you know, I, I do love those days. I do love I do love some of those days. Those were those were some of the good old times as well. Working out of the basement of the house, doing all that sort of funny stuff. Well, one of the things about. that
0: you did too as an entrepreneur is you didn't become uh, a credit card spender. In other words, you didn't put yourself into enormous debt. You put yourself in a situation where you did have some savings and you did have a lifestyle that was moderate, comfortable, and somewhat sustainable, right? Yeah. In other look, words, you're not the guy that shows up and says, look, unless I'm making 350 a year, there's just no way I can cut it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think you, you, I mean, I remember sitting down several times, uh, you know, you're getting the heart of the matter here. You go through your budget, Right. And you're looking at what you're spending money on. Um, you know, we didn't have uh, the taxes were the biggest thing. Quite frankly, the full county property taxes were the hardest thing each year. <laughs> and I remember somehow like a check would come in or, you know, I just all the time. It's amazing how God works. i would be like, gosh, how do I get this big bill paid for? And somehow I would I would find a way. You know, those are the stories that are truly like like buried deep down i don't even know how I, I i did that sometimes but you find a way beg borrow steal and you live to see another day and that's you part think of it that
0: there's far. a good time like here you were as you had you got married how old were you when you got married to anna
1: let's see uh i think i was um uh, i should know this answer and that like got 30? me recording on tv but you like i 30? think i was hold on hold on i'll tell you i'm uh 47 now so you know my, i was 32
0: Oh, no, thirty-two, yeah. So you had ten years, your twenties, you had established experience, you established relationship and network. You understood yeah. so you understood, like you were saying, billing and payments and all, even though it was in telecom, which is what broad was about. Yeah. And um you became a business person. You understood how business worked. Is um so when you get to your thirties now, is there my question is, is there a you know, if we look at Bell Safe shape cur- curves, okay, is there a sweet spot for starting a company? Well, <clears throat> age wise and family wise, okay, because he, you know, like versus yeah. Eleanor, instead of being a newborn, Eleanor is seventeen. You follow me? I mean, it's a situation. It's totally,
1: it's totally different. You got I got football practice now. I got you know baseball practice you yeah. know games. You want to be there for that. Um, You're trying to find time, you know, on the weekends to go, you know, went biking with my kids this weekend. I mean, there's a whole whole different aspect to that. But I think regardless, a lot of it is I have a wonderful uh, supporting family. And um, and so Anna was very she was 100 percent a part of every part of the journey, even though she wasn't in the office with me every day. We were a complete team. So that's one thing I feel very, very fortunate on. Is um you know I wasn't coming home on every Tuesday and she's like, "Can I see your Salesforce report? You know, yeah. How many new prospects do you have?" It wasn't that, and it doesn't mean that doesn't work in some relationships either. But for me, it was uh, I could get away from the hard grind. And uh, but look you know, at I had the other
0: side that. of this from her side is she has to, in a lot of cases, blindly, uh, blindly, blindly trust and respect, right? You know, if you get that every time you come home, somebody is like, "Well, you didn't make the progress you said you did." I knew this this wouldn't work. You know, I can't imagine oh. why we're doing this. Why are we suffering like this? The guy next door, he's a doctor. Look how much money he's making, and they live a good life. You could make, and that he's kind home of money. at
1: six o'clock or five o'clock, and you know, you leave earlier than he does, and or sh- you leave earlier than she does. There's all of that. But, but, that's, what a, but also- that's
0: what a spouse can do. They can hammer you into submission. Because as soon as you leave the house and you start trying to work on your company, everything you do is hammering you into into submission. And I've got one point
1: to make in a second, but that is such an incredible one you're on right now, is (laughs) if I take from that, right, how Anna was to me, how how, it's so easy for us to be hammering other people. (laughs) But in reality, if you are working, what I learned, one of my biggest lessons, if I learned, Along the way that I learned along the way is, you know, a real winner that reports to you, even in your one on ones, they really want to be successful. They if they're a winner, they're going to bring their problems to you very transparently and say, can we talk about this? You don't have to find them. You shouldn't have to find them. You should have a relationship first that you've built with them where it's a comfortable place to be transparent and vulnerable. That's what a great one on one is. And honestly, you know, I come home. I, I, I learned this from uh, from Reggie. OK, going through um, ambassadors with you One of the best gifts he ever shared was on our sessions is come home, put your phone down. Find your spouse and go stand next to him and just talk about your day for five to 10 minutes and ask questions and just listen. That's the most important part I think of your day. That he
0: actually, you know, he would coin these phrases. I think it was five feet for five minutes or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got to be in space for five, and, feet. and then I mean, five I just, minutes. I don't know. Why. One thing I mean, really focused on that. was that,
1: and, and yeah, and, and that's we talk about like relationships. That's the most important one for me to get that right.
0: Now, outside of that. I'll tell you a story. Just, and You're going to go to that, and I don't want yeah. you to lose that thought. But you know, there was a guy that I went to this thing on how to be a public speaker, and there was uh-huh. this pastor, and he made a comment about this. He said, every after, every evening I would come into my house, and I would give my wife the finger. And I, it was a pastor, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what is he talking is he about? Talking and what about? he was talking about is he said, I was always walking in on the phone and going like this to her, okay? <laughs> Like one minute, okay, And I know ne- that image never left my mind, but that's uh, what Reggie was talking about.
1: <laughs> well, you know, but but that also gave me confidence, you know, and and then um, and then I think, uh, you know, a big part of the journey was was, um, you know, if you're concerned about what tomorrow looks like and putting food on the on the table for your family, ma'am, nothing will bring you closer on your faith journey than that. And how did going that work for, for you? Do
0: you remember times? Can you tell me a story of when you were like that? You didn't even maybe even tell Anna, but it was sort of on your mind, and you didn't want to burden her with it. So you carried it yourself. Oh, I how think that come between you and God? Thousands. That
1: work. I'm terrible about, you know, uh, I mean, you know, we'd come home and at night she's like, can we, what, what's the startup show that used to be on HBO? Um, that everyone watched uh, Silicon Valley, I think, and everyone loved it. Oh, and,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: You know, it's, like, it's like you watch one episode, and they're like changing the name. The next episode, like the investors are stealing their idea and on. She uh, was like, this is the funniest thing ever. I was like, I can't watch that because that's what I live every <laughs> – that's a reality show to me.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny about that? What's the other one that uh, that that's on TV now with a Shark Tank? Yeah, you know I can't watch Shark Tank.
1: I can't can't do it,
0: and I I couldn't watch Silicon Valley either because it was it was a reality TV for me. I look and I go, I really understand this so well, it it breaks my heart to
1: watch it. And I'm like, I just need to watch a National Geographic show or something. (laughs) And then those things always turn into like the wildebeest are crossing the river and the alligators are getting them. I'm like, I'm back to where I'm trying. I'm back. Like I'm trying to get out of this world.
0: I'm the <laughs> oh my yeah. God, I'm the wildebeest. I mean, <laughs> look at, they're all coming after me. I love that. That's uh, Everything but, in life um, is a metaphor for everything that we're doing, right?
1: <laughs> but to get back to that whole fake thing, I mean, you know, it's, it's the piece that surpasses all understanding, right? You can't describe it until you've taken the time to invest in it. But how Man, long did it
0: take you? How much of this one one of the things that we have as as entrepreneurs is we are have this ability to take on an enormous amount of responsibility, an enormous amount of problems, an enormous amount of um emotion. Yeah. And yet there is a breaking point. Was there and that's when we go, oh gods, you know, it's just like the 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 uh israel israelites in egypt at some point you know they were on their own going through the desert and then they would scream out to god we don't have any water you know like we- yeah save us no, you a, know, when,
1: when, redemption i think he says every man has his breaking point
0: so what right? happened do you have one of those stories that you can remember
1: i mean uh, there are lots of I I'll tell you one, but there yeah, there's lots of different ones along. I mean, I always say, boy, you want to have one you know story of a breaking point that just is like transformative. Yeah. But the reality is, I feel like if you're getting pushed, just like you said, and you're trying to change markets, and you're trying to build teams, which means you have to change people, also, and you're trying to do all that together and meet these expectations, you get broken down all the time. But get what would down. you say not,
0: to an entrepreneur who says, I'm at that point now, what should I do, Bird?
1: I would say you have, like, don't go see a psychologist. Don't go, like, go do three things. Um, Pick up a Bible and read the book of John. That's number one, I'd say. Huh, okay. Number two, I'd say get in a, men's group, because every time for me, I'm a, so it could be, it could be a group. I, 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 I was able to join throughout my, see, it wasn't just one time throughout, throughout the the process, different groups and those groups read and talk about the meaning and how that impacts their life. And the third one is carve out the time to pray. Those three things will bring you in as close alignment you know, as you can, the fellowship, the one on one time and then the reading, those three things will bring peace that does settle a lot of things and gives you guidance in ways that I can't explain it. I really can't. You know, I can't sit here. I can tell you a story as well. I can go through all that. Um, I'm happy to, but it, I can't explain that. I think, like, it's, I think what you do, it's magical.
0: I, it is. And I think that those that's those are three great pieces of advice that you're giving them. But the first one would read the book of John is gives you an understanding of how much God loves you, which you talked about earlier, how important that was to you, that you knew you were loved and that you were capable, right?
1: Unconditional love. Yeah. Right. There are sometimes like, oh, I love someone that I work with because they're doing very well. And then when they're not, you don't love them as much. (laughs) Right. I'm talking about unconditional love. Like I come home every day and of course, I love to see my dog. My dog loves me no matter what. That's the sort of stuff that is to me uh, kind of from is divine, right? You can't explain it. You can't put a mathematical formula around it. You can't create a company that replicates it. Um, it is different for every single person. But the one thing you have to do is carve out the time to invest in that.
0: You know, I, I've written I was in prayer today and actually praying for our conversation, praying for you and Anna and the kids, is um, there was, um, there was a, uh, a pastor that was speaking. They have these little kind of quotes from these pastors. And uh, he talked about how Jesus, of everything that was recorded that Jesus said, 10% of what he said was quoting scripture. <laughs> so even Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he lived scripture. Okay. And I think that we have to believe in something that's bigger than us, or we'll never find that peace. So I do think that scripture is the great way to start because that is God's word and it brings us closer to God. It's, and, and it's so free for the, me. The, anyway. the odd thing,
1: Charlie, is you feel like you're reading, you feel like you're getting boxed in. Oh, I mean, you know, it's easy, right? We live in this world. Where we want to be free. We want to be entrepreneurs. We yeah. want to blossom. We want to go in the direction of which we best see fit. We want to follow what our intuition tells us to do. We want to look at the facts and try to, as I said earlier, see pattern recognition. Yeah. Um, But you know, there is no path to, to the success. Like there are so many miracles along the way of patient coat every single day. And, um, some of those you asked me to talk about may, that's what I'm hearing, but they're hard to explain. I mean, they really are because I, I guess, you know, one time I did this and I need to get back into this, you, you take your black book around and also write down every time you see something that is unexplainable or you might even call a miracle. Like a miracle isn't in, in my mind, you know, changing, um, you know, water to wine. Yeah. Right. It's these little things like, a check came in and I somehow paid my taxes back in 2009. And I don't know how that happened. And you, you, you it's easy to say, Oh, I worked for that. Or boy, I'm glad I called to make sure that check got paid to the company 15 days earlier. So, you know, whatever it may be, but there's lots of those. And one of my men's group, one of the guys started doing that. And he was like, I just couldn't believe how many miracles are occurring right on me every day that I never recognized until I started focusing on them because I wrote them down.
0: How do we? How do we? As an entrepreneur, how do I? I'm, I'm, you know, I, th- I as somebody who's been writing, you know, for quite a few years here. Okay, I noticed that the the articles that people that catch most people's eyes, including me, they catch my eyes. Is here's the five ways to be successful. Here's the three ways to the best in a marriage. Here's the two. We want a. We want a step by step process that's going to guarantee us success. Yet here's what you're saying is I can give you some best practices as you did like one about starting a company one identify a real problem two make sure they pay you three make sure you can make money on it right and um but now you're saying there's all these miracles that take place in the midst of the whole journey which are sort of interwoven or even outside uh the the process, those that advice that you just gave, how do I, as an entrepreneur, how do I tap into that? How do I, you know, what you're saying is like your exit is partly a miracle, you know? <laughs> Have building yeah. a company is in fact a miracle, okay?
1: Yeah, and anybody who says that it isn't is not being truthful and honest about that.
0: Huh. That's um, a harsh statement. Why, that's a black and white. Why do you say that?
1: Um well I cuz um, we don't hear
0: this talked about bird nobody
1: mentions this kind of stuff. Um so that's a that's a that's a good one. I, I, you know why why don't people talk about that? So so is the question why don't people talk about it or is the question like why is that not a formula for success?
0: Well, I think that we're seeing that there's there's a lot of destiny involved in this. There's a lot of these Perfect timing interactions, like the check coming in the mail to pay for the taxes, right? Whatever it might be, you know, that client that when you just feel like I'll never get a new client and a person and you literally are in a coffee shop and the guy buys from you on the
1: spot. Our our biggest client uh, at the time and for a long time was a company called Cone Help. And I remember um, uh, we had someone in sales. And Dick went and put a LinkedIn post up about the success of another client. And this guy actually read it and called us. And it's not even like we had a hotline. I mean, I was sitting in the conference room and picked up the phone. This was before we, we still had phones in conference rooms. And I mean, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I put on mute. I'm like, this is Mike Sims. I, we kind of knew who he was. He was he was a known entity in the in the marketplace. And he was at the end of a sales cycle. And so, you know, we worked and put these spreadsheets together and told him how our product was best. And at the end of the day, we went up there presenting presented everything else. And at the end of the day, so he chose the competitor. He chose the competitor. And I wrote him a long, long note. I remember I was able to arrange someone to drop off a bottle of wine to him in North Carolina. Oh, how nice. And, and then they... And then they called back two weeks later and said, you know, we made the wrong decision. <laughs> we're going to we're going to we're going to get out of our contract on what we signed and we're going to go with patient co. And I look back at all those series. Now, that was the whole thing that, like, brought us closer to this big company called Epic because they were running off the software system. It brought us instant credibility. It brought us um, a bigger monthly recurring revenue that we could build off to other uh, huge systems like that, and there's like there's a lot of little miracles in there. I mean, he first of all, someone just happened to to uninstructed. Dick went and put a, a post on LinkedIn back when LinkedIn wasn't that popular. <laughs> Two, this guy read it. It wasn't like he was following our company. It just happened to pop up and from three, he had initiative to find our number, picked up and dialed our eight hundred number. Talk to the first person that could pick it up. Four, it was me, the CEO, (laughs) sitting in a conference room working. Five, I recognized who he was. Six, we're like all crowding around the speakerphone and started a sales cycle from there. You know, seven, I just go seven, eight, nine, ten, and and no, I think it's great. You know, and then you lost
0: the deal, yet you showed showed grace to the prospect by sending him a note and giving him a bottle of wine, which never he, he. I'm sure you didn't do that to a lot of deals that you lost. It just happened to be with that one. You must have had a good relationship That's a true statement,
1: too. That's a true statement, too. Why that one? And I can look at all these things and I can say, you know, I was smart enough. I had enough EQ to know to write that person a note. (laughs) But really? Right. You know, when I I stitch all that together, you just can't say it was just patient code. Yeah, we had the effort and we were prepared. So what it
0: is is, you know what it is? Is I think maybe this is my insight is we can't put these, a miracle is a supernatural event. Okay. It's the supernatural intersecting with the natural world. Okay. To arrange these types of things, these one, two, three, four, all the way to 10 that you're talking about with this particular prospect, is we're not comfortable. We can't put the supernatural in a process. You can give me the one, two, three, the the problem, will they pay and is it enough? Okay, in a process. You can't put the supernatural in a process. You just no, can't do I mean, it. So if I can't do it, I can't talk about it.
1: <laughs> no. You know, I mean, it's 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 the hardest thing to explain in the world. Now, do I go to my company and say, Boy, this was a miracle that we landed cone <laughs> No, I I actually didn't do that. Now, look back, I didn't say this. We celebrated it. We put pine cones all over the office, all that silly stuff, you know, and we said, boy, you know, great job. Everyone did a great job. But I think, you know, to a person every morning would go home and say, man, you know, we're really fortunate. We're very fortunate. And You know, by the way, you can call that good luck. That's what we call it in this world today. We say there's good luck. And then there's also... That
0: that is what we call it. You're right. That's what we call it. it.
1: Yeah. And there's also bad luck. And you you can get two forms of that. And then, you know, but even on the good luck, why did it happen? You were able to execute on the bad luck. You had to fight through it, you know, turn it into something good. And so, yeah, I, I just think, you know, at some point down here in you, there is something called conviction that can come from experience. That can, Right. It can come from unconditional love, right? You really believe. I mean, there's certain things that all come together, but at the end of the day, you're figuring it out. You're figuring out each and every day.
0: Our uh, believing, you know, what we believe in. If I just believe in me, all right, or my team and me, you know, then yeah, we did all this, okay? But if I have a fundamental belief that there is a God and it's not me, then there's something bigger at play in all of this, right? I can't explain it, but there's something bigger at play. So it's that belief system that really, your fundamental belief system that sort of drives these conclusions that you have.
1: You know? Drives is a good word. It powers you through the mm. good days and the bad. Okay? Yeah. And and I bring up a, you know a lot here fighting through the bad because it's the truth. There are some great days being an entrepreneur. There are some great days when you... Learn something about um, a, a teammate when you see a contract come in, when you do a product release, um, yeah. when you have a celebration as a company. Um, there's there's a ton of things, right? There's to me, it's just like it's less about that, but when someone turns in a really good proposal and works hard like that is that's something that's just fun to watch. When when things are clicking, we used to have this thing at Patient Code we called it in the zone. You got these in the zone moments. And I think that's how we in the secular world think about this. Man, I'm focused. I'm concentrated. Mm-hmm. I got my. I know the problem. I can get one plus one equals two. I did it. I was in the zone. I didn't get distracted. You know, but a lot of times, this overused saying now, we're trying to produce in in, in our world of technology, one plus one equals three. <laughs> to produce, you know, 10, 20 X times returns, all this, you know, and one
0: plunge flood needs to be three. And, and we need to recognize it's a miracle if it becomes three, right? Because yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) but I have to get there. So how am I going to get there? Am I going to be the one that does it all? And uh, you can't do that. I remember once the first time that with me is I, I got into angel investing, and I became, uh, you know, it was right after I came to Christ through sort of uh, AA being a stepping stone and then the high tech prayer breakfast. But one of the things that I put in place is the kind of investments that I would make and the kind of people that I would be associated with. And uh, I thought I had it figured out early on. And this one guy after being, and I was down about 600,000 in this business. I had him another 400,000 put a computer leases God. that were under my name. And this guy comes to me that that I started the company around, and or he started the company, I backed him, and he said, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, what?
1: I said, what? All time, boy, yeah. You
0: don't want to do this anymore, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking if he quits and I have to shutter this company because I can't take this thing over. I don't know the market like he does and all. Yeah. I said, I'm going to have to find a job. Just plain and simple, I have to find a job. I went home that night and I still remember me walking around my neighborhood screaming at God, saying, wow. "I did everything you told me to do, and now this? How could you do this to me?" You know, and and a week later that guy came in and he said, "Look, I really didn't want to do it, so I talked to uh, my uh my contact at one at this public company that we're that I'm that we're working for and working with, was a consulting company, and they said, "Why don't we just buy you?" And I said, "Oh, come on." And I wound up uh, i had a, i had six hundred thousand in it, and I wound up getting uh, a two point four million out of it.
1: I mean, you can't explain it.
0: I can't explain. It. If I told you the prod, what they paid for this company and what their revenue was, you'd say. <laughs> No one would pay that amount of money. It was like a miracle. It was a miracle. And it's what kept me. It was the foundation for my angel investing career for the next 25 years. Couldn't have done it without that. A miracle. It's a miracle.
1: It's a miracle. Now, I think anyone who's listening is going to say, well, uh, how do I find a miracle? I'm just going to walk down the street and lightning is going to strike me. Um, But you have to put yourself in position to find a miracle. Ah, now you're talking. You got to put yourself in a position, right? I mean, I'm trying to think of another analogy like, yeah, I'm hungry, but um, I got to put myself in position to eat, you know, to not be hungry. I mean, maybe that's not a great analogy. It's
0: a good good example, but I would say it differently is that I'm I'm letting everybody know that I'm looking for food right? I'm out there and that I don't have food now. I've had food, but I don't have food now. So anybody else can help me here. How can we? So in other words, you got to put yourself on the edge for a miracle to sort of happen. A miracle doesn't happen if you're in complete control of everything in your life.
1: Right. Yeah. You're not in control of everything in your life. You could have, you can go, anybody here listening can go to the doctor tomorrow and you can learn some very bad news about your health. And, and everybody on here knows that that can happen. Absolutely. You hope it doesn't. We all hope. You know it can happen. That's how not in control we are of things.
0: One question that came up, and it was way early in the conversation, in the back of my mind, I don't want to lose it. As you talked about, you have to be authentic. You have to be who you are. When did you settle on who you
1: really are? I can give you an example, but I think in order to settle on who you are, you've got to be at a place where you're willing to give up everything that you thought you were or that you wanted to
0: be. One no wonder okay. you gave me such a big sigh with that question. That's a huge. Say that again.
1: So in, in, in order to be who you are, right, you got to shed off all the, the the skin or all the, the um, what are the knights where they used to wear the armor, yeah. right, of who you want to be, essentially, or who you think you are. We have to go back and replay that again. Uh, yeah, but for, that's uh, really, Charlie, but Charlie that is, no, I get it. For, what you're saying for, for is quiet. to become
0: okay. who you are, I've got to shed all the, all the things I really thought I wanted to be because yep. that's, that's, that's everybody influencing you, telling you who you should be at some yep. point as a man or as a woman, you have to yep. come to, this is really who I am. And I have to get comfortable in this skin. Yeah. Because otherwise, I live a life of, of uh, being inauthentic, which means I have shallow relationships and everything. And, and let me tell
1: you, everybody, especially today, has a strong BS meter. Okay. Really? I think, I think, I think, look, I know talking to patient Coians, uh, you know, certainly felt. Um, everybody, everyone knows, you know, when someone's trying to give you an answer that you want to hear. And if they don't, they're going to figure it out in short order. Because people aren't stupid. People aren't stupid. People are independent thinkers and and they they have a lot. I mean, look, some people, um, if they're not there, they'll get there. But at some point in time, I think they'll realize that. And then, um, you know, especially if you're a leader of an idea, a movement, a company, a department, a group, a family, whatever it may be. As soon as people realize that you're not who you say you really are. Or that you've, um, you know, pulled them down a path, or based on something you wanted them to believe that wasn't really true, then you're in trouble. That's different from a vision.
0: Yeah, but it's also different. Before we go to vision, is is to say it, we rarely say who we are. Okay, I always say that there's the Superman proclamation when he used to. This is the black and white movies I used to watch of Superman series. You know, he would. Say, <laughs> I didn't know they were. They would say he would show up. And he would stand there like this and they'd say, Who are you? He says, I'm Superman. Superman. I stand for truth, justice, and the American way. way. But we don't get that chance to tell people who we are. They just discern this person is genuine and this person isn't. Okay. What is it that they see, that you see in people that you say, This guy's for real? What I'm seeing is what I'm getting. I can trust this person. And then you give them that second chance. You don't trust them completely.
1: Yeah. I think it's someone who, who, you know, when I talk to them, look, everyone wants to talk to someone who knows their facts. That's fun. Oh, that's a smart person. They know their facts. But I think someone who's also willing to tell you what they don't know. Right. That goes against the American way. Hey, I'm Superman. (laughs) I know the direction, you know, I'll fly off in this direction. I know which way to go. (laughs) Right. Um, and, and, you know, I do think uh, a, a characteristic that's becoming more and more um, recognized and maybe even celebrated is, you know, being humble.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and, and maybe, maybe I'll start there. Um, but I how think do you that, know,
0: you talk to people who faint humility, right? In other words, they're good at looking humble. Yeah. You know, I've seen that too. Where I look and I go, like, I don't. I, I'm like, oh come on, like it's like it's like you saying, oh we sold this company, and I say, well, congratulations to selling the company. You say, well, you know, I really didn't do any of it. You know, it's really my whole team. To me, that's a false humility statement. No, well, I did. I started it and do that, but really, there's these people that God brought along with me, if you will. Then, and we were in the right place at the right time. It's pretty amazing, you know? Sure. That's more But I also think genuine. they're
1: authentic okay. to, to doing the work, okay? Because, I mean, like when I interview someone, you're trying to figure out if, if they can get the job done, right? Yeah, right. And all you got to do is start asking them and, and digging deeper and deeper into how they did their last job and what worked and what did not. I mean, there's a lot of interviewing techniques, but basically you're trying to figure out if someone's authentic, because everyone interviews well at a certain point. All right? Everybody could come in there and smile and say a few things and, and read a few quotes mm-hmm. out of a Everybody
0: book. Everybody stands for truth, justice in the American exactly. way. Exactly. Right? Who,
1: who doesn't come in and say that? <laughs> who, who doesn't come in and say adult? I stand <laughs> for lies, injustice, and <laughs> yeah. the North Korean I believe way. in high
0: productivity. I believe in giving my all to the <laughs> yeah. job. You That's know? right. The heck with the family. I'm here That's for you. That's right. Amen. Okay.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know me. But you gotta get someone that can really dissect a problem and 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 speak to that. And um and that's why I would say everyone out here, you don't have to go like start a company. Just start by finding a problem and owning it. Mm. Owning the outcome, the risk around that outcome. That's just like being an entrepreneur, working that problem every single day, checking in with all your teammates, getting the data you need yeah. to make sure you're going along the right path. And pushing forward for the best possible outcome. But it's, there's no substitute that doesn't go through that. It's hard work and lots of thinking. What's the risk? What's
0: the risk of working with somebody who's inauthentic? What risk did you experience? In other words, people uh, who got, well, by the, got by the screen, if you will, and you thought they were one thing, and then you found out, usually under pressure, right, they were quite another
1: well, let's be honest. What's the risk is you can get hurt by that. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it goes all along the ways. I know we're focused on entrepreneurism, so you could have a co-founder that's uh, I mean, it's something you have to correct that. I started off saying, hey, decisions are easy if you can go back and reverse those. Um, and, you know, some of them are harder because you get you know into a certain path. But at the end of the day, what decision really isn't reversible? And so yeah, as long as you're achieved- making
0: it you're really taking it to a, a less emotional level and a more
1: <laughs> business okay. type
0: level is is when we uh you said something really made it it says it can hurt you if if I trust somebody because I and I think this I really know who they are and then they turn out to be somebody else it really does it hurts us it hurts absolutely us, you know? it does and then I it mean- starts questioning us we start saying, Am I not?
1: Good Why did not that?
0: What did I do wrong here? You know,
1: <laughs> I think everyone here who's listening knows someone. Maybe they've been through this themselves. It's like a a uh, a marriage that's broken up. Okay, yeah. um, and you see that person, or something happened, and you say, "Man, uh, you know, some both people are hurt." Quite frankly. And and maybe you know sometimes every once in a while it, it may turn out to be you know good for for both sides, but I mean in that rare well, moment Hell, the,
0: yeah it could be when yeah. that's happening
1: you know and and you have uh, one side that that look there's a lot of raw emotions in those sort of things, uh, but but I'm using that as an example I think that's something that everyone could relate to.
0: Yeah, you did something that's uh, I'm getting off now I'll get off that I'll change track switch a little here as my friend Wells calls it is uh. Is you've done something that I think is unusual, but it's uh, it's 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 proved to be successful, and it was successful in both. More successful certainly here than it was with Broadsource. But you walked into two vertical markets, neither of which that you had any experience in, and yet you built something in those vertical markets. And I just wrote something on that recently that talked about. You really have to understand, to be, a, to be a, in a vertical market, you really have to understand it by having worked in it. Otherwise, it just takes time. How did you get successful in these? How did you come around as an entrepreneur to get to understand these vertical markets and how they work, how they buy, who's who, all that stuff? And how long um, does it take?
1: Who? Well, the less experience, the longer it takes because- you, you might have less conviction around your decisions. I actually believe when you're a small company, people always say fail fast, all this sort of stuff, right? <laughs> I believe I believe you should make slower decisions because if you make the wrong decision, and it's not reversible. The boat capsizes and it goes over the waterfall. So I would rather personally be alive, stick around to build something great. And it took a little bit longer than um, make a, a rash decision that you didn't completely understand and fail. And it doesn't mean that you wait for 100 percent of the data points to come in. Right, but maybe it's more than forty percent. <laughs> yeah, you know? and um, I like
0: this idea. So Don't go faster on these on these irreversible decisions. Go slower. Go slower. You never hear and, that. Never. And hear I that. know
1: that drove uh, some people around me crazy sometimes. But I wanted to get the the answer as right as possible because that right answer opens up a whole new world of possibilities. Right? We started off selling into small doctors, then. We went to medium-sized doctors. Then we went to small hospitals in South Georgia, teeny ones. Then we went to medium-sized hospitals. Then we went to hospitals that were medium that owned the doctors and, and the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then we went to large hospitals in 2017, in December of 2017, and never looked back. It took us from 2009 to 2017 to actually hit the perfect product market fit. and wow. you know, Now, I did not have a career selling to large hospitals, nor selling to providers, but I didn't outsource it either. I didn't go hire immediately, and you know I felt like that that there were a lot of those in that process. But we learned all along the way. Also, because we had uh, less amount of capital, we had to make sure the decisions we made were the right ones. So that you know, I don't think that software software is looking to solve a problem, but it's measured by how much value it delivers. And so, everyone who builds great software, we always want to build the right product. That's a hard thing to do. So you got to measure the value and what you're solving for, and the, and the way you got to do that is talk to people who might buy, and understand the market um, as you evolve. And um, and so, when I think about, look, to your point, you said a second ago, I would love to invest in a a you know someone who's in the kitchen and sees a better dishwasher because they've had. 10,000 wrenches on the dishwasher and mm-hmm. they know, and they know product market fit. But there's a lot of other things that go into success of a business too. Um, we talk about these things like product market fit, but you know, it does. Uh, and that, that means you can sell it, but it also means, you know, you got to deliver it. You got to make sure it works. It has the right ROI. You got a happy customer. The happy customer can refer. There's a lot of iterative processes that, that you have to kind of feel like you do all at once, but you're doing a little bit each and every day.
0: And, and it's so I think to get through to those right answers. And it it's takes a time. It's just, it takes painful. time. It There's just no takes like, time. Oh, I made it. Here's, I figured it all out. We'll do this. And this is the right pricing. And this is the right channel. And this is, right. and it's not, it never is.
1: And it sounds good to sound like the, my example, a dishwasher that knows everything. But the truth is, sometimes the more you know, the less you know, because this world's changing so fast. And so what you have to be as an entrepreneur is a person who can get to the knowledge of the information to help them make the right decision. I always felt like I was a good decision maker. I, I really had conviction that I wouldn't make the wrong decision. And I did make plenty of wrong decisions, but I still but felt you know, like... What's interesting, though,
0: is what I heard you say is, another way to say it is, I'm not afraid as an entrepreneur, I need to have the gift of not being fearful of being wrong.
1: A hundred percent. That's what Derek Jeter also said in his letter to himself. You know, we hear this a lot and I do agree that don't, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Um. And sometimes in the media today, we, we you know, any little person that does any little thing wrong, we talked about that failure and all the things it's embarrassing and all this like. When I worked
0: with market, I, I, I worked with entrepreneurs in the past, uh, And I've done this myself as a board member on some of these startups. I just know I'm right. I know this is the way that we really need to go. But I still, as I say that, I remember when I walk away, I always go, really, Charlie? Are you right? How do you know you're right? I know. What if (laughs) you're wrong?
1: Yeah, What if you're (laughs) wrong? Everything's rotting on this. Yeah, exactly. And then you have to say, well, I'm damn it going to make it right, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good way to go.
1: Right. But I I do think you have to always be, you know, uh, Mike Hirsch uh, was was a a part of our success at Patient Code for um, a couple of years. And he used to always said, look, every money we have flat sides. And so, you know, we got to make sure we understand what those flat sides are to balance out everything and that we're not blinded in a decision. We're not blinded by a decision because we don't see it over here. Right. Or we're not willing to look and see it because we have a flat side. And I think that's something um, you know. It comes back to being humble, and like I can always be wrong. I'm always looking for the next right data point. I'm always aggressively, in, in a thirsty, hungry way, pursuing that because it might depend on my next meal. Like you can't ever stop learning, and and when you learn from those successes or failures, those are those are growth points. I know that all sounds like oh, let's go write a blog on that, but I mean the biggest success around an entrepreneur is one who learns. Yeah learning, and then you translate that learning, entrepreneurs build learning organizations and learning organizations that share those learnings uh, are growing organizations because you have people, once they've learned it, they can teach it. And when you teach it, then it starts to create this virtuous cycle.
0: Well, what these entrepreneurs have and what you said just a little bit earlier when we talked about these uh, vertical, being successful in a vertical market, is you said, I didn't outsource it. I did it. I was in the yeah. market. I was the guy talking to him. You might not consider yourself even a sales guy. You're just, but no, no I, I do. need to be the person talking to the market. Otherwise, I, and this is something I say, is you can't learn about a market through somebody who's talking to the market. You have to be, that's what makes you magical. It's, you have to be there. You have to be talking to the In prospect. the
1: zone, listening, learning, there taking notes, yeah. putting them back together, getting back out. The more conversations you have that are external, like a dying organization is the one that has the internal conversations all the time. A growing one is one that has the external conversations because that's where the buyer is.
0: Right. And this is, you know, you go back to somebody like the, the when we're as an entrepreneur, that gives us that, that benefit of uh, beating the big company. Because we we have our pulse, we have our finger on the pulse of the market. Big companies don't; they get no. lost
1: in all of this stuff. It's, in meetings, they, they get lost in meetings and yeah, everything else. Yep.
0: I mean, I look at you know, I get surveys every time I uh, fly Delta Airlines. You know, they send me a survey. You know, like what did you think? Now, you take Delta Airlines. If it was a startup, I would be getting a, a question. I would be getting a call from the CEO founder who says, what did you think of the last flight? Well, that feedback is a heck of a lot more valuable, that conversation than any
1: survey that I'm going to put together, right? (laughs) I think I also learned is just the real-time interaction in a conversation, you can't substitute. You can't. I agree with that. I mean, I think of just early patient code days being in Statesboro, Georgia, in front of uh, Bullock County, you know, OBGYN and talking to the practice manager and she was tough and she was given, give, I mean, she was giving it to me. Right. I mean, she, it it was hard, but that's highly, you know, like you go back and you're like, man, I just, you know, I just think I just learned a whole lot. It wasn't any fun doing it, but I learned a whole lot.
0: Like I'm going to turn the corner. We're getting to the end of our time. And I do have just a few more questions and this has to do more with cash outs and next steps. Okay. So First of all, what's it like to cash out? This was this is life changing. Yeah, a life changing event financially. Okay, it's not like broad source, which you said it gave me maybe a year of uh, my next uh, my a year of income to cover my family for my next my next deal. Right. This yeah. is this is big. You know, so what's it like to cash out like this? I mean, I've never done anything like that. I've had my cash outs, but there's certainly nothing to this extent. So, what's it like? What, what do you, what do you uh, I'll just leave it at that. What's it you like?
1: You know, I had someone call me that yesterday. Yeah. Exact question. And, um, you know, I guess it's
0: the dream, you know? So, that's why yeah, people want to know. Looked. It's like, I'm going to work. My dream is this will happen. And if it does, what will it be like? So, what's it like?
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> I think I, I think I, I think there's like not this one answer, sentence answer I can give you. There's several, okay. First of all, it's not what I thought it would be. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah, there is a day you're like, my God, you know, we're closing. And I, so, first of all, well, let me even back that. up. You didn't
0: I, think it was. I didn't think what.
1: I was well, let, let me tell you that. the hardest part of that. The hardest part yes. is. You love the company. You're going along this path with your mission and vision. You've got this great product market fit. You're number one in your space. Um, you've got uh, great people in, in the business. And you got to call them up and say, hey, um, there's an 1130 meeting. <laughs> Everybody dial into the Zoom. And you basically tell them that life's about to change. Now, just like everything, there's a, there's a beginning and to end. And an end to everything, and I guess you know. I guess Apple, you know, that's Ecclesiastes three. Yeah, a I mean, a the truth. everything. Again, I'll go back to the truth. The one thing about every time I, you know, sit down and study that, I'm like, man, there's a lot of truth in these pages. But that's the truth. That's an yeah. example. There is that's absolute. That's a fact. And you got to return capital um, to your investors. There's lots of ways to do that. Um, and um, and in any case. But what uh, you you're know, saying, this-
0: though, you're making something that's interesting is to say, you know, basically, I owned a company and didn't have a lot of money. And now I have a lot of money, but I don't own the company. The other piece of that is, now that I don't own the company, it's like I've just been stripped of purpose. Right. I knew what I was supposed to do every well, day. I knew we were on clear on this. This is what carried me. Changed. No,
1: no, I have not been stripped of purpose. Okay. I do feel like if I get into the world of patient co. We found and ran into someone who 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 I believe I believe now, right? Our mission could carry on a higher purpose. Our mission could carry on a higher purpose when we are aligned with Waystar. Okay. Because you mean higher purpose now, or I've have more impact? To- Yes, our impact suddenly goes from as much as I felt like we we're in the majors. We we're in, we we're in AAA. We we're the best team in AAA. Now we're the best team on the majors, and we are winning. We, we can we can go ch- truly change healthcare. Okay, that's not an exaggeration. We are doing things today that can put information in the palm of your hands that will allow you to stay well, better to use more healthcare, to afford it better all the things around the financial journey that aren't solved for today. You sound like and a guy who, who,
0: did, who cashed out for money and residual equity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, and look, I don't like to talk about that part either. I mean, I I, I like to kind of be, be um, <laughs> uh, l- lower key on this, um, but – You know, now, now, you know, and and, and you you process a lot too. you process and think about, um, okay. you go back to some of the originations of the business. Like, what is my calling? Right. How do I fulfill that purpose? All that, because it hasn't changed. I hope no one would ever say it's changed me. And the reason is this. uh, And this will sound kind of crazy. I don't think of that. I feel like I'm a steward of that capital. I. Don't, it's not my money. It's been allocated to me to find a good home to, whether it's help other people grow businesses, bring together a community, um, other things of that nature. And so, you know, where I am right now is that's great, you know, but that, won't, it should not change who I am and how I approach everything. But here's
0: here's something that happens is now you get all this money. Okay. You sit there and you say, it's really not going to change me. But yet you, you come to a very high principle, which is great, which says I am a steward of this money. Well, now that I'm a steward of this, this bucket of, of cash, if you will, that stewardship comes with responsibilities. You really didn't have before. And those responsibilities yeah. are going to move you into different directions that you never really walked in before. So you know, change is going to happen, right. and you are your authenticity is going to be going to be assailed again and tested again. Okay,
1: <laughs> over and over and over and yeah. over. Yeah,
0: but you don't and even know yet because this is so new.
1: I don't. I'm still processing. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't want that to be the talk track, by the way. I mean, you won't see a headline in the AJC or even in the Business Chronicle about patient co selling. Um, and that's by design, you know it 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 should be about patient co selling. I don't want anybody to see someone yeah. cashed out. I want to see a mission is being fulfilled. Customers are going to receive something different and better. Uh, our health systems to help patients that through right. these things that we're really, and, and I, I know people can sit there and say, well, that, that's a BS artist. He's just saying no, that. I think that, that you did. Right. No, that's the, mean, real truth. If, if that's the real so- truth. If you're motivated by the money as an entrepreneur, then you're not, it, it's like marrying for money. You're probably going to have a bad marriage.
0: Huh? Okay. Right. But I do think that, you know, I'm, I'm asking you questions about you and you're making it more about patient co and I think we can park Patient Co. because once you build a company that sells for what you sold for, it's yeah. a real company. Okay. This yeah. isn't oh, something yeah. that was a $5 million company, which could disappear within a big organization and never be found again. Okay. Yeah. You've made an impact. And now yeah. your purpose or mission for Patient Co. is going to be carried out in a much bigger way with more yeah. impact. So I think patient co is good and healthy, and it was a great time because there is a beginning, there is an end, there is seasons, if you will. Yep. But now you are in a new season of your life as an entrepreneur.
1: And that's uh, right.
0: And as a husband and as a father. Okay.
1: Yeah. And so how do you do that correctly, right? But now you have
0: different constraints. You yeah. have all of this, yeah, and responsibilities. You've got all this cash. You've got this responsibility to the buyer. You're making
1: me blush, but you know it's like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I get it, it's it's a different day, and I think you got to take the same things that got you here and and figure out what your mission is, and 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 so forth. I know I'm I'm going to be involved in healthcare technology. That is a passion that everyone knows that there's a lot of healthcare technology out That's there. That's cool. That, that so you
0: fell bad. in love with the healthcare technology side. That's interesting. Okay. And
1: I like payments. I like payments too. Okay. And I like Atlanta, right. You know, I love Georgia tech. Yeah. I love places like, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that help get me here. Like, you know, um, high tech ministries. Right. So there's a lot of paths along the journey that, you know, I got to kind of sit down and think about, but um, you know, I I don't want it to, I I, I do want it to be about um, a solution that is, you know, I'm kind of rambling here as we end. But as you can tell, like, what's it like? I think some people think it's like the, you ever seen the Toyota commercial where you go, oh, what a feeling. It was an old commercial on the guy buys <laughs> this car, he jumps in the air and clicks his heels. Remember that?
0: Yeah, I remember like, that. Yeah.
1: That is not this. Now, look, <laughs> that is not this. Now, look, we had a great celebratory party. At Patriot Code, That was awesome. We had a great um, closing dinner. That was pretty cool. We had a, several celebrations with uh, Waystar as, as we were brought into the fold there. Those were fun. Um, there's lots of events with people that are, you know, I think about the people who are walking around Atlanta now that are millionaires. Um, that's an awesome thing to think about. Right. Um, but, Uh, you know, and hopefully, you know, employees that, that, you know, you hear it say, right. You can buy a new car, you buy a new house or something, maybe more life changing, but that's not why we did the business. That was just a byproduct. What's interesting
0: to me is I remember when Richard and I way back in October of 1981, we sold our company. Okay. Yep. Which was, uh, we got gross proceeds that were less than the transaction fees, for for your, <laughs> your deal, okay. The <laughs> bangers anyway, won. Uh, what happened to me that I remember back then is all these people that didn't wouldn't give me the time of day. All of a sudden, they're coming out of the woodwork. They want to meet with me.
1: Yeah.
0: And I was all I was focused on. We were focused. I was young. I was in my late twenties at the time, and we were just trying to build a company. And I went from this build a company to oh, I have this money, and all these people want to tell me what to do with it. So that I can make more money, okay, or have a better life, and all they had all these plans for me. I didn't know how to evaluate all that. Well, you must be I'm having the same thing happen to you. People just showing up, you know, that they're going to be, uh, they're going to
1: look help you I'm build retirement. I am, I am, I am running an innovation department at Waystar um, with uh, a lot of resources. And we were going to do some important things, and so that has allowed me to go put the 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 time that I could have open right um, into into that bucket to 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 continue to stay focused. And but you can't um, say no forever.
0: You're going to have these opportunities come your way, and I'm not saying that means we leaving waste or I'm not I'm not proposing that. But you just need to know that this is sort of coming your way. And 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 I take those. When do you say no? When do you say
1: yes? Or when you say,
0: I'll think about it, you know?
1: Exactly. You have to process through your head how you're evaluating things. It's no different than how you make a hire or not, uh, how you advance something in a stage of a sales cycle. Like you got to start to have some uh, reference points that allow you to make decisions more quickly and with conviction starts back with what we talked about, you know, even starting a business. And so, you know, I'm using this time to process and think through those and have very rich conversations with people like you and, um, and, and start to, you know, start to build um, out that mission statement, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm um, excited for you. I'll tell you that. I think that uh, one of the things that I have learned, I was thinking about this just this morning, and I saw this with uh, one of my sons. Who's uh, you know Nick? Who's sort of getting into yeah. his late twenties? It was interesting. Yeah. You know, he's done the roommate thing, and now the roommate has a uh, <laughs> has a girlfriend, and yeah, you know, they're getting serious and all. And how that's affecting yeah. him? And I was thinking about you know, we all have to go. Every season in life that we go through ends, and we have to start a new season. And we we fight like crazy to not have to deal with this new season that's coming because it's a big unknown. Yeah. Okay. I see that when I hit my, here I am in my late sixties thinking, what's this next season look like? I don't want to go there really. Okay. I like what I'm doing. I don't want to
1: change. Right. We want to. We don't like change as humans. And it's the one constant in life,
0: but it is really, really exciting what you're going through this. You're in your late, you're uh, getting into your late mid look, to late forties here is it's a new season. And look, I want to come up with as a family our,
1: adventure, our mission and vision. This sounds cheesy. Like our, our, our values, you know, write them down, like, like, uh, you know, really come up with those in a way that is something that we know. And that leads us down the path of, of where, where the next steps are. I've found very, uh, I know people, uh, kind of roll our eyes at the mission and vision. I think it's very important. And then the values are also extremely important um, to a company. And, you know, why doesn't every family have a mission and vision statement and a, and a set of values for, for their family? Do you? Uh, we're working on it.
0: It's a hard thing to do to get to. It's a hard thing Because to it do. truly is. If we're going to be one flesh between us and our spouse is getting to a shared vision Is hard.
1: Yeah. And look, it was hard at patient code. We, we spent a lot of time working on that. You think it's just a couple of words. We spent a lot of time. It's, it's, those are hard things. And yet you just want to get out and sell another deal, but you can't get to values. How do we get to
0: values? Yeah. Like even you and Anna, how do you say this is what, this is what we as a couple value?
1: Well, um. You know, I I think you go start like with the whiteboard, you know, you write down the values that you you think are important and then you try to talk about why that's important, right? Talk about why those values are important.
0: Yeah.
1: And then you know you can't have twenty. You kinda gotta decide are we gonna have three or five or seven and right. You start narrowing them down and you gotta talk about why this comes off. I mean, it's part of the process. It is. It is it's, uh, it's not it's but not it calculated. Is, like
0: I've gotten to where people say, What's your value statement and all that, or what are your values? It really comes down to like you and Anna or me and Kathy saying, what do we in fact value? What's important to us? Okay. Because the world is telling you so many different things on what should be important, or it's coming in and trying to steal the things that are important from you. That's right. uh, But to write them down and then to start behaving consistently with those values is so important for as individuals, as couples, and also as companies. Very difficult.
1: But it creates alignment, it allows you to have the guardrails up to say yes and no. To say it makes it so much easier, right. and um, and then you know I think the next step is okay. Well, where are these values coming from, right? And and to dig deep Why into is that. that. Important? Well, I mean, you know, I guess are they your values mm. or are they God's values? <laughs> I mean, or are they someone look, else's values, right? Or are they someone else's values yeah. that you know? And this isn't like a far left or a far right type conversation here. It's just the reality, Um, you know. Where where do some of these core values, you know, come from?
0: And we're all different, as you said. You know, we talked about you said, well, ah, with Steve Jobs, I don't know that it would want to be him. It's just because there is a mismatch in values. That's all that was. You know, from yes, a right. business standpoint, would you want to be him? Why not? But you know, the values. His values weren't your values. That's all. That's why you created your own company and your own value with your values. And when his values aren't your own
1: values, then you don't sit there and say, boy, I want to be Steve Jobs. You don't. You actually want to take some good things that he did and build them in a special sauce of your own business that is lots of other people's business that that choose to work there every day too. And ultimately, it's like your customer's business too, if it's done the right way.
0: Well, I think that, if we can sum up what's really important based on this conversation as an entrepreneur is, is to be authentic, you know, practice or behave in alignment with who you are. Okay. And, uh, all the other stuff that you talked about, I like where you said, you know, the, the three parts I did, uh, I wrote a little article on this, but I had five steps. You had three steps, which really did it, did it better, which is, you're going to start a company. You really have to be a problem solver. So what are the problems that you see out there? I love the little black book that you talked about. And then uh, you said, so will people actually pay me to solve the problem? And then will they pay me enough so that I can continue to make uh, investment in solving even more of the same problem? You know, and, that and if you do those three simple things, and brilliant, okay, that's so sky's true. The limit. Sky's the limit. Sky is the limit. But it's not easy. It's still an everyday fight to get you to. But, th- what do you do? You said a f- fight to get through, to get you to the next. What
1: was that? How did you put that? Just uh, uh, survive in advance. Five,
0: survive,
1: survive. Survive in <laughs> advance. But the truth is, the last thing I'll leave, leave everybody on is one of our core values that, that Patient code is improve each and every day. Yeah. And if you are if you are really focused on the things you just – you're going to be improving each and every day, and you're getting better. I think that's why in our society we love underdogs. Um, You know, you look at a quarterback that wasn't good last year, and this year they're zipping it through the air. I mean, who doesn't like that person? And uh, Austin Riley, for the Braves, look at how much he's improved this year versus last year. It's amazing. Love those people like that. And so everybody has the opportunity to improve if they're authentic – if they're authentic and they, they really know where ground zero is and can build up for that, we still got a lot we could dig into that and in the broad source, Charlie, that I didn't get to. But, but that is the key. And if you improve each and every day an improvement on a next day improvement, improvement, suddenly it's like recurring revenue. It's just it's ginormous. And then you are forced to be reckoned with and you have well, that's conviction. That's one of the most confidence.
0: popular books, business books the, over the last two years is Atomic Habits. You know, let's hmm, just, just do a little bit every day hmm. and it makes a yeah. massive difference over Boom. time. Hundred But when you say you got to be better every day as the as the founder, that's part of who you are. And when you say it, I'm looking for it as an employee to say, is that guy getting better every day? Is that bird blitch practicing what he preaches? Otherwise, you're inauthentic, you know? So we I, have I, to yeah. live our values, okay?
1: Yeah. And then you're going the opposite way. But in today's world, I believe people want authenticity. They want to be around leadership that talks about the good things and the bad things. They want it, that brings people together. It really does. And then, you know, you find people's talents and find ways to put them in a position to leverage those talents and win. And I mean, everyone loves winning, right? That is fun. When you're winning, oh my gosh, when you're on a great team that really works well together, that's a high trust, high performance team, and you got product market fit. And things are selling and your customers love you. I mean, that is a wonderful place to be. And, you know, that isn't a one-time thing. That can that can keep going on and on and on. That's why you read these books. That's why we listen to these type talks. That's why um, we want to learn from the best is because that is a very attainable goal, especially when you're creating new markets, new revenues, uh, the whole thing. And that's what's great about entrepreneurship in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. And what did you call it when, as an employee, would you call it flow or what did you call it when, uh, in the zone? In the zone. Okay. And that's Man. what you described, the in the zone company. It's all working from the market on in. It's all working. And I'll tell you, I only experienced that once in my entire life. Everything else was just a day-to-day battle. But when it clicks and it's all coming together, oh,
1: It's just, it's like, it's magical. It is, and it's worth every bit of hard work you put in to get there because you're just going, and it is fantastic. Things are clicking. Board meetings are great. I mean, the whole thing, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Every meeting starts with a cigar. Doesn't end with a cigar.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it's great. You can recruit better. You can retain better. You can pay more, all these things. Yeah. And, um, you know, life isn't perfect. There's always challenges every day, but that's the nut. That's the, that's the right. nut. Kind of everything in a wrapped up in a nice box. Well,
0: thanks for taking all of this time. I'm going to close us out here. And, uh, then if you would just hang on after I close this out, we'll just, you and I will just close it out, but I'll put it, uh, I'll stop it. Stop it recording. Okay. Okay, thank great. You thanks, for everyone. Let me let me uh, let me just close this out here. Wow, that was just fantastic.
1: Getting into new well, you season. have a lot of good ones. You have a yeah, lot of good ones. So we we'll did see. have
0: a lot of good ones. But to uh, to my guests, you know, thanks for joining me and Bird. This has been a great conversation. There's so much to learn from Bird, and uh, I know so much about his background and his family and everything from Augusta. I mean, all that could have been covered. We didn't get to. But he's lived a great life. He'd had great people and great family in his life. He's got a great wife who stands behind him. And he's built great teams as he's gone forward. And the result is a great company, which is becoming even greater even after exit. So thanks for joining us. Again, please subscribe at paparelli.com. This has been a pleasure. Take care.